Hello and welcome back to another Together for Families podcast from Cornwall Council. This episode is packed full of parenting tips. Now don't forget, if you'd like to know more or to keep in touch, please hit that subscribe button or go to our website, supportingcornwall.org.uk. Now this week we mention the C word. Yes, Christmas. And how best to prepare and what's going to be different this year and how to handle the stresses. We delve inside the teenage brain and learn how to support teenagers better. But first we hear from Nina with some top tips on keeping calm. Walking is one of many activities that can help us feel calm. However, keeping calms with kids is a balancing act. Within our busy lives, we're not always able to get to an outside space for a walk whenever things start to get frantic, which is why today's podcast is all about simple ways we can keep us and the kids calm. So let's get started. The first step is to check in with your physical body. Our bodies are so clever and are constantly giving us information. One of the ways you and your children can do this is through taking a second to close your eyes and think about what your body is doing from your feet all the way up to your head. Ask yourself or your child, what can you feel? Look out for any feelings. For example, some people feel tension in their ribs or their neck, which may be a sign that they are feeling a bit anxious. Maybe your child feels butterflies in their tummy or experiences sweaty and clammy hands and feet when they are nervous. Making a habit out of tuning into your physical self for a moment each day provides an opportunity for you and your children to recognise stages in the build-up of tension and identify and discuss feelings and issues so that we can start to feel calm. It is also important to identify certain things that we can include in our daily lives to help us remain calm. Can you think of activities that you like? For me, it's having a cup of tea, taking a deep breath, walking my dog, doing yoga and listening to calm music or stories. Commonly for children, it's a special teddy or a blanket going to the playground, having one-to-one special time with a parent or carer, or reading their favourite book. Whatever it may be, it's important to make sure we have time for calming activities in our other way, busy daily routine, so that our children recognise what makes them feel calm. Now, I know what you're thinking. This advice is all well and good but not very helpful when our toddlers are mid-tantrum. It's very natural for children to act out when they are struggling with big feelings. However, it's important to accept your child's emotions and emotional responses and to help them try and identify them and calm them in a safe way. There are a few ways that can help your child identify their emotions. The first one is providing clear household rules and routines to help children know what to expect. It may help them to develop the resources they need to deal with the less predictable outside world. Show empathy and accept your child's emotions and emotional responses by saying something like, 
I see that you are mad that you can't have a snack before tea time. Identifying the emotion for them may help bring their awareness to how they are feeling and why. Talk about your own feelings. Model using language around feelings so that your children can learn how to identify and put into words their own feelings. For example, I feel happy that you found your toy. Feeling talk from adults help children to be less likely to resort to other behaviours to express emotions, such as hitting out. In contrast, research shows that parents who don't talk about their feelings may be encouraging their children to bottle up their feelings too. Encourage your children to talk freely about feelings. Be sure they understand that it's not always okay to action their feelings, but it is always okay to talk about them and to know that all feelings are normal and natural. Try to avoid saying, don't be sad, or you shouldn't be angry about that. Instead, encourage them to describe to you how they are feeling and help them accurately identify their feelings. Model being calm and showing your children that you can handle your own big feelings without flying off the handle or withdrawing. Instead, talk about your emotions and your strategies for coping. For example, I'm getting frustrated that I can't get this lid off. I'm going to step back and take a couple of deep breaths. Teach positive self-talk. Our underlying negative thoughts can intensify or even cause unhappy emotions, whereas calming thoughts can help us to feel calm in our body. If your child is feeling unsure, ask them how they feel about themselves. If they say they feel like they can't do something, talk them through the negative self-talk and see if they can come up with a more positive view about themselves, such as, I did my best. Teach your children to quietly tell themselves thoughts that help them to stay calm and to gain control of the situation. For example, if they are annoyed by another child, they can think, I will ignore them. It is not worth getting upset about. I can stay calm. I am strong. Then they can go and tell an adult the situation in a calm manner. Can you and your children come up with a list of positive self-talk? My favourites are, take three breaths. I can handle this. I can calm down. Use tough situations as springboards to teach problem solving to your children. Sometimes children and adults resort to emotional outbursts because they haven't learnt strategies for getting something they want. You can show your children how to think through various ways of responding to a situation and the consequences of those responses. In a difficult situation, ask your child to think of several possible solutions and then ask them to think about the consequence of each. For example, if they hit another child because they are playing with their toy, they might get into trouble for hitting and will most likely not get to play with the toy. Use praise to reinforce this type of problem solving and practice with other possible situations. Teach your children to imagine that they are a turtle and can go into their shell when their feelings are too big 
and they are unable to think positively or use problem-solving strategies. During these times when the feelings are so big and your child doesn't feel calm, remind them to imagine they are a turtle and can go into their shell to calm down. Once they have imagined being safely in their shell, they can say to themselves, take three deep breaths. Teach them to breathe in through their nose and feel their tummy expand for five seconds and then breathe all the air out through their mouth for seven seconds. And last but not least, don't forget to praise children's efforts to think about their emotions as this will help them keep calm. So there you have it, some simple tools to help you and your kids keep calm. And now for today's gem, I'll leave you with a question. Can you think back to the last time you felt calm? What were you doing? What were your children doing? Now, brainstorm some things that make you feel calm and plan to fit three of these things, if you can, into your daily routine. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, good luck and have fun. We would also like you to know that Children do not come with an instruction manual when they are born. If you would like more information about child development, the Early Help team run a number of free parenting sessions and anyone can come along to learn more when we are back up and running. For more information, please see the Family Information Service website www.supportingcornwall.org.uk Thanks to Nina there. With the clock ticking until the festive season, are you starting to get prepared? Well, if anything is for certain, this year is going to be very different because of COVID-19. And with that, it brings new pressures for families. Caroline has more and some great advice on how to cope. Chestnuts are roasting on an open fire. Bells are jingling all the way. And maybe even Frosty the Snowman making a visit. It's a season that is meant to be full of joy and fun, but sometimes can be overwhelming for us as adults, but also our little ones too. In this podcast, we'll be looking at some ideas to help you through the holidays. Before we start, I have a couple of did you know facts. Various newspapers report a quarter of Britons admit to feeling stressed over the festive period, with 20% in the survey stating they feel overwhelmed at times. Christmas is a time with many expectations on us, attending nativities, parties, cooking the Christmas lunch, making sure we've bought presents. The list can go on and on. That's a lot of pressure and expectations on ourselves to have the so-called perfect Christmas. Sometimes we can also expect too much from our children. They too might struggle with the number of things going on. All this expectation may lead to stress, frayed tempers and perhaps tears. So what should we do? Perhaps we should be realistic in what we can do. We are not super parents who can do everything and keep everyone happy. Maybe Share out tasks, seek support from friends and family, or even reduce what we do. Make it a simple Christmas. We also need to be realistic in our expectations of our children. They may not be able to sit through a whole nativity or eat a whole Christmas lunch. 
expect times where they may struggle to stay calm. In a moment, we'll look at some hints and tips to support our children through this exciting time to help them to stay a little calmer and reduce unwanted festive behaviour. Children want your presence, not your presence. Of course, children want presents to unwrap, but that's not what I mean. Children love attention, and I mean love it. They will do anything to be the centre of your world. Ensure you make time to be together doing something they enjoy. It is this time that they will remember when they're older, not the toys you buy them. Investing in this time will help them feel loved and wanted and will reduce unwanted behaviours. Focus on the positives. Sometimes it can be easy to focus on what your child is not doing rather than what they are doing, no matter how small. Look out for positive behaviours they are doing. Cooperating, being friendly. Label these behaviours and praise. Children will do more of these behaviours if they are given attention. Don't forget you can use any Christmas stickers or small trinkets you get over this period and use these as low or no cost rewards. It will add an incentive to behaviours we want to see more of. Unplug that Christmas tree. I'm not going all bar humbug on you. Christmas can be a time of a sensory overload. Different smells, Christmas music playing, lights flashing all the time, a different routine, as well as feelings of excitement for the big man in red. All of this can lead to a feeling of being overwhelmed and eventually unwanted behaviours or a meltdown. Sometimes it's good to take a step back and look at what is happening for your child. Has Great Auntie Doris come round for her yearly visit? Is the music and the noise of the shop too much? Or are they unsure as to what is happening? Or overtired as the routine has gone out the window due to exciting events? Looking at this, you can make changes. You could try having a quiet place for them to go. Keep a basic routine or even try a visual timetable. Our takeaway gems for today. Reduce our expectations for a perfect Christmas. It's our presence, not presents, that matter most. Focus on the positives and unplug that Christmas tree. Thanks to Caroline there. Now, don't forget, if you have been affected by anything we're talking about today, please go to our website, supportingcornwall.org.uk, or search for Together for Families on the Cornwall Council website. Now, let's talk teenagers and how their brains work. Steve explains more. Our understanding of how teenagers think and feel has come a long way, with current research showing that there are very real physiological reasons why teenagers behave irrationally. Scientists used to believe that teenage brains were fully formed, like adult brains. They are now discovering through MRI brain scans that teenage brains are going through surprising and complex development with white and grey matter, the tissues that create relays between the various brain functions, including the central nervous system, developing throughout this period. Here's a brief description of the teenage brain. The brain is made up of about 86 billion cells called neurons. These work by firing back and forth, making connections, wiring and rewiring the brain throughout our lives. The process is significant first in infancy, when babies are learning new skills, 
and again in adolescence when these connections are pruned, like trimming branches, to enable new connections to grow and strengthen. The brain is made up of these sections. The frontal lobe, which helps with planning, problem solving, regulating emotions and decision making. The temporal lobe, memory, learning, processing sounds and hearing. The brain stem, which deals with breathing, heartbeat and body temperature. The cerebellum, which affects coordination and balance parietal lobe, sense of body, space and time, the somatosensory area, which applies to touch and pressure, uh, motor control, and the occipital lobe, which applies to vision, colour and movement. The parts of the brain which help us to be mature, to plan ahead and resist impulses go through an extraordinary length state of growth and reorganisation in early adolescence and may not settle until we are in our 20s. This has huge implications for how we treat and educate teenagers, for example, if they seem unable to organise themselves or make sensible decisions. Therefore, we need to be patient with them and give them time. One result of this brain reorganisation is that adolescents between 12 and 14 can find it very difficult to recognise other people's emotions. Researchers have discovered that this is because the brain undergoes considerable rewiring during adolescence and teenagers' brains may be unable to detect subtle signs from parents, teachers and other adults. This can also apply to facial expressions as you may find your teenager is unable to detect the anger or pain you are feeling. So one helpful hint is that parents need to clearly communicate how they are feeling so teenagers can learn the facial expressions and the emotions. This teaches them over time and with lots of practice how to communicate their own emotional needs. Other researchers highlighted the brains of adolescent boys and girls and noticed similarities and changes in how they communicate their feelings particularly within social groups. Another piece of research tells us about the sleeping patterns of adolescents. Teenagers need at least nine hours sleep each night. Secretion of the hormone melatonin, which promotes sleepiness, starts later in the evening and also ends an hour later in the morning. This means that adolescents who have to get up and start school on time can be in a state similar to jet lag and are not able to perform well. They perform much better later in the day. Sleep deprivation affects teenagers in many ways. It dampens mood, contributing to short fuses and agitation, frustration that can erupt in adolescence. Teenagers who average less sleep may also experiment using caffeine, alcohol or drugs. Adolescence is a key time for the integration and cognitive and emotional processing and a lack of sleep can impede the maturation of these abilities. This has huge implications for how we treat and educate teenagers. If they seem unable to organise themselves or have an inability making sensible decisions, therefore we need to be patient with them and give them time. We also need to ensure they have plenty of sleep. Dr Sarah Blakemore is a professor of cognitive neuroscience at University College London and she outlined seven things that parents need to know about the teenage brain. Number one, the teenage brain undergoes a huge transition, as we've already talked about. Number two, teenage behaviour is often influenced by friends. Peers are a very important source of information and influence during the teenage years. Number three, there's a biological reason why your teenager finds it hard to get up. We've already discussed around the sleeping um, cycle. Number four, long-term risks don't scare teenagers. When teenagers make decisions, they're more likely to choose what makes them feel good at that moment. Adolescents may take part in risky behaviours or situations that as parents and carers you may feel differently about. This can include staying out later or not letting you know if their plans change or by taking part in other activities we may deem to be unsafe. 
They won't understand your reasons, and so if they arrive home late to a worried parent or carer, they may not necessarily understand why you are so worried and upset with them. One helpful way to educate your adolescents is to talk to them and find safe activities which can help to promote a safe release of adrenaline, such as bike riding, sports, or enabling to have some ownership and taking responsibility for the activity they take part in, and encourage learning as a way to see consequences of both good and bad decision-taking. Which brings me on to number five. Teenagers might need decision-making and planning support. We know that the parts of the brain that are undergoing particularly substantial development in adolescence are regions involved in decision-making and planning, self-awareness and awareness of other people. Those regions of the brain that are involved in these cognitive processes are still developing right throughout the teenage years and even into the 20s. And at the same time, those cognitive processes are also developing gradually. So teenagers might need support in these areas, like with decision-making and planning. Number six, rewards are more efficient in terms of learning than punishments. Adolescents respond better to immediate rewards than to punishment. Researchers have discovered that when young people feel good about themselves, if they are praised and encouraged, this can help their brain development and also promote their self-esteem and confidence. As your important role as parents and carers, you are also educating them and paying close attention to the positive behaviour and your young person will recognise this. Please take some time to listen to the Encouragement podcast by my colleague Jane Walker on how parents and carers can encourage and support their teenagers. And finally, number seven, teenage years can be an opportunity. We know that the brain is undergoing huge amounts of development during the teenage years. We know this is a period of change, lots of transition, and this period of life is a vulnerable one. If you think about the important choices that teenagers will take on their journey throughout their teenage years, from changing schools from primary to secondary, choosing the friendships that will take them from the age of year 11, making plans and responding to changes in peer relationships, through to their studies at 15, 16 and beyond, these experiences all help to shape their view of the world and of their place within it. This can add to their own sense of self-esteem and confidence. Teenagers are particularly vulnerable to the development of mental health problems, for example, but it's also a period of opportunity. The developments in the brain we have talked about make it particularly prone to change, and that renders this period of life an opportunity for things like learning and creativity, which are some of the necessary skills your teenager will use in their journey through adolescence into the adult world. If you'd like to learn more about helping your young person in supporting to raise their self-esteem and in listening, you may wish to listen to the podcast on the Together for Families webpage or consider attending one of the parenting support programmes such as Take 3 or Living with Parents. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Steve there. Now don't forget, if you've been affected by anything that we've been talking about today on the podcast, then please visit supportingcornwall.org.uk or visit cornwall.gov.uk and search for Together for Families. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Take care and remember to have fun. Music